0: Hello, I'm David Kerr, the Director of Communications for the Diocese of Lansing here in Michigan and this Saturday we'll see this diocese and diocese all around the world celebrate the beatification of Father Michael McGivney, the founder of the Knights of Columbus. He'll be beatified in uh, Connecticut. Founded in 1882, the Knights of Columbus is now in fact the largest men's Catholic organisation in the world with over 2 million members. But where did it all uh, start and why should we celebrate the life and legacy of Father McGivney and what was the miracle that led to this beatification on Saturday? They are just some of the questions I put a few moments ago to Patrick Kelly who is the Deputy Supreme Knight of the Knights of Columbus and more significantly a son of the Diocese of Lansing. Uh, uh, Patrick Kelly thank you very much for uh, joining us in this Diocese of Lansing uh, podcast. Uh, Before we move on to matters uh, pious, um, let's be um, deal with matters parochial. Uh, Just tell us a bit about your connection to this diocese
1: yeah well thank you very much david and thanks for having me it's uh it's a pleasure in a way to be back in the lansing diocese even if it's even if it's uh on a podcast um but i was born i was born in the diocese right so i was i i was born uh i was born in flint michigan right born in flint McLaren hospital i grew up in grand blank uh and uh and went to, uh, went to Holy Family. My, my family was parishioners at Holy Family, and then I went to Powers High School. And uh, so I really consider Flint to be my home, and the Diocese of Lansing really to be, to be uh, a spiritual home in a way. I mean, that's the, every, every memory I have from growing up uh, is, is in Michigan.
0: And you still have family in the diocese? Uh, I have cousins in the
1: diocese, okay? But I, I no longer have any, any, any uh, nuclear family in the
0: diocese. Okay. Well, then, Your Honour, I have that This is the Powers Catholic uh, high school tie.
1: That's yeah. a great... I, I wish I had one. I, I, need, I need to get
0: one. I'll get you one, Patrick. Don't you worry. Um, so moving on from um, diocesan connections, let's deal with issue at hand, and that's Father Michael McGivney the uh, founder of the Knights of Columbus, and you're the Deputy Supreme Knight. Um, he is due to be canon, uh, beatified. We'll move on to canonization later. He's due to be beatified on uh, Saturday in Connecticut. Um, for those who don't know, uh, who is, who was, who is Father Michael McGivney? Father, uh,
1: Father McGivney uh, is the founder of the Knights of Columbus, right? He was He was a parish priest in Connecticut uh, in the late 1800s. Um, He was from a large family, 13 children. Okay, he was the oldest of 13. And his parents were potato famine immigrants uh, uh, to to the United States, um, which was very common for the time. Of his 13 brothers and sisters, six of them died very young. So he was a he was a man that knew hardship and grief from a very early age. Um, his father worked in a spoon factory, and when when young Michael turned uh, turned I think fifteen, he went to work in the spoon factory. However, he decided that he had a vocation to the priesthood, and um, he he applied to the seminary, was accepted to the seminary. And did very very well. Then, as was very common, his father died. So, 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 so the young Michael McGivney had to leave the seminary and come back to his family till the family stabilized. Um, interestingly, that almost derailed his his uh, seminary studies. But the bishop of Hartford stepped in and was able to give him some assistance. So, young Michael McGivney was able to go back to the seminary and was eventually ordained and was assigned to St. Mary's Parish uh, in, in New Haven, Connecticut. Um, St. Mary's Parish, New Haven at the time was a very industrial city. or right? it, it, it was a factory city like so many cities in New England at the time. And the parishioners were very poor. They were mostly Irish and very poor. Uh, and the Irish at the time—this this is a critical to understanding McGivney's story. They were at the bottom of the social and economic ladder uh, at, at that time. Um, there was no safety net whatsoever. So 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 uh, it was, there, and they worked in factories. If the if the father was killed in the factory, which which often happened, the family would go destitute, and the children would be would be split up and would be sent to institutions. And uh, so, so that was a, a very much a, 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 a threat that McGivney faced. But the other thing that was going on at this time was a tremendous amount of anti-Catholic bigotry and discrimination was, was, just, was just present in, in New England society at the time. And you saw that, uh, you saw that all the time, and McGivney dealt with that tr- a tremendous amount as did his parishioners. Uh, there's an there's a interesting story when they, they built the church, St. Mary's Church, where Father McGivney was. Uh, there was a New York Times article that called it a blemish on an otherwise aristocratic avenue because, because it was the Irish immigrants moving into this this aristocratic uh, part of New Haven. Um, so... McGivney's parishioners were really the marginalized people of 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 that time. They were the people who were, to use a to use a Pope Francis phrase, you would say that they were on the peripheries. And uh, so McGivney saw this situation, and he knew that something had to be done to help the families. Right to help the families of of uh, of the men in his parish. Uh, to give them some financial stability, but also to strengthen their faith, uh, because these these young men at the time, they were being pulled out of the Catholic faith by opportunities that were presented by by societies that were very popular at the time. so and these and these secret societies were very opposed to the faith. but what they offered, Young men was social standing and an opportunity, an opportunity to 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 rise.
0: So is that why he founded the, the the Knights of Columbus?
1: Yeah, so he yeah, so he founded the Knights of Columbus really to for, for, for a dual purpose. One was to strengthen the faith of 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 Catholic men and thereby strengthen their families. But also to to help families to, to help keep families intact. Uh, at the at, if if the breadwinner were to die, right? So this was this was the dual the dual purpose. So so there was a there was a spiritual purpose for the founding of the Knights of Columbus, but also in a way there was there was material well being of the family and keeping the family intact. So this is why this is why the Knights really is uh, uh it, it, it is it is a organization in service to the Catholic man, but also in service to the family. Um, so, yeah, that's, that, that's, that's why we were founded.
0: That's the biography of Father McGivney. To then make it onto beatification, there have to be two things. There has to be proof that this man was heroically virtuous, and there has to be a miracle. So to take first things first, in what way? Was Father Michael McGivney, w- in what would you say he was heroically virtuous?
1: Yeah, I, I would say I, I would say that he was uh, heroically virtuous in the sense that he lived the theological virtues—faith, hope, and charity—to the fullest degree in 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 his priesthood, and he was very very self-giving to his parishioners. So he really, you know, he emptied himself. And, and followed the Lord and was able, to, was able to serve the people of his parish in a, in a way that was very difficult at the time. And so he faced illness, he faced hardship, but he was very, very concerned about what was going on in the lives of his parishioners. And um, you see the fruits of his heroic virtue all, all the time. I mean, I think that is, that is something that you see in the Knights of Columbus was this was his his heroic virtue and um uh you know it just in 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 an emptying of himself a number of virtues he had throughout his life which 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 you can which you can talk about which we always talk about but you know he really had a gift for friendship right this was this was one of the great strengths of father McGivney, was he he was able to draw people together. He was, a, he was a humble man. He was a very unassuming man, but he was able to draw people together and organize them for a common purpose. Um, so he was a visionary in that way. He was, a, he was a visionary, but I would also say he was a very practical man, right? So he, 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 was, able to, he was able to take the vision, but make it a reality. Um, and I, I think that's what you see in him. You saw, you know, the, the, the monks have a phrase, "ora et labora," to pray and to work. And I think that really that really uh, characterized Father McGivney. But it's something that has also characterized just the Knights of Columbus. I think, you know, over, over the years, this uh, this this to to pray and to work. Um, the other thing too that's interesting about McGivney is I, I mentioned friendship. He had very, very strong friendships with with lay people, right? And this is something uh, that wasn't all that common at the time. Uh, he 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 saw the strength of of the lay people in his parish, and he wanted to organize them and and bring them together. So he was a real leader in that sense, and and I would say he. He really followed the Holy Spirit, right? So he, so he had a vision, but he always followed the promptings of the Holy Spirit to, uh, uh, to for the out of concern for his, for his people, and it really that is what led him, uh, to found the Knights of Columbus.
0: And if uh, that is his heroic virtue, um, what then? Was the medical it is the medical that has brought us to the verge of this beatification
1: So the miracle was was one in 2015 that involved uh, a baby in utero, okay so there was a, there was a, a couple uh, they, they were pregnant, and uh, early on, the baby was diagnosed with a condition called fetal hydra which is a which is a filling of the baby's body with 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 fluid. Um, uh, the doctors told the parents that this was a terminal, this was a this was a terminal condition for the baby. And they said that the, they had two options. They could, they could abort the child or they could wait for the child to die on its own and they they would induce a stillbirth labor. What the couple did was uh, they, they prayed to Father McGivney, and they got all their friends to pray to Father McGivney. Uh, and, and miraculously, the next ultrasound they had, uh, the doctors couldn't believe it because there was no sign of this fetal high drop condition, this, this condition that was considered, considered terminal. Uh, and there was absolutely no medical explanation for it. Uh and so everyone was stunned at this. And of course, th- then that's the that there was documentation for this, and then that, that miracle went through the series of, of medical experts and theological experts that the, the church puts in place uh to check to check the uh, the, the veracity of, of a miracle. And so that was the happy miracle, and, and right now that uh that young child uh is is, uh, is named Michael McGivney Shackle. Okay, that's the Shackle's the last name, but the child's middle name is McGivney, and he's five years old.
0: That is wonderful, isn't it? And do you know if uh, young Michael McGivney will be at the beatification on Saturday? He will be. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, he
1: will be there with, with, with his mom and dad and, and, his, and his 12 brothers and sisters. They're, they, they're a large family.
0: That's wonderful. And tell us, how excited are are you? How excited are the Knights about this momentous event in the nearly 140-year history of the Knights?
1: Yeah, we're very excited about it. Uh, it is, It is. I, I often say, it's the second most important founding, or the most important event in the Knights of Columbus. The first, of course, being our founding, right? But this is the second most important day for us. Um, it's it, and and for your for your listeners and your viewers, uh, it's going to be televised on EWTN at eleven at eleven o'clock uh, Eastern time on Saturday. So every everyone everyone can watch this, and uh, we we are very very excited about it in a number of ways. I think I think for priests, Father McGivney is a model parish priest, right? I th- I think I think he's a model. For for priestly ministry in a parish and for concern for the welfare of your parishioners, um, but I also think for the lay, right? For the layman, he's really a model too. I mean, he's and and it, and it's it's this. I mean, the 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 model of Father McGivney's sanctity, I think, is one that is very accessible, uh, accessible to all of us. Um, he did normal things, right? He did normal things, but he did them with great love. Okay, so he fulfilled his duties as a priest. You know, he he served his parishioners. He saw a need. He saw this great need, and he founded the Knights of Columbus to meet this need. But unlike some saints that you you were really in awe of them because of because of uh, because of some event or some some miraculous uh, undertaking. I think for Father McGivney, it's his ordinariness and doing things with great love which really distinguishes him. And that's something that is something that is accessible to all of us. Uh, we, can all, we can all do that. And I think, you know, I think in the Knights of Columbus, men say yes to this every day. They follow Jesus Christ every day in the normal way that it that we do as husbands and fathers and
0: as catholics well i'll ask you that in particularly we're now obviously the uh, father mcgivney founds the knights of columbus in 1882 we're nearly 140 years on uh, from there how are the knights doing today and particularly the point you raised there you know we live in an area where christianity is under attack and masculinity is under attack and here is an organization that seeks to promote genuine authentic catholic uh, uh, and christian masculinity so how, how how are the knights getting on and how are they responding to those challenges
1: yeah um i think the, the knights are doing very well uh we we have two million members uh we we we're an international organization we do we're very well known for our charitable work uh which is very very important and, but and that work really stretches from There's a lot of local work in parishes, but there's also international work with Christians in the Middle East. So as an organization, the Knights are doing very well, but we do recognize that that this is a very difficult moment for the church, right? Where the church is facing very significant challenges. Uh, You have many young people who are leaving the church, uh, young people who don't understand the, the most basic teachings of the church. And I think the Knights, we see our role as being in service to the church. And I think I think more and more we see our role uh, in the area of evangelization and faith formation. Uh, we've been discussing more ways of doing that and more ways of reaching men, right? Reach, reaching men. Um, I think we all know that men play a critical role in the faith formation of children. Um, they, 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 uh, and 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 the father's role in the family, the father's role as a spiritual leader in the family, is the number one thing that determines whether the children are going to remain in the faith as they as they move into adulthood. So, it, so the father's role is absolutely crucial. Um, I think that was true in Father McGivney's day, and I think it's, it's, it's perhaps even more true now because there are so many different pressures coming onto the family at this point. Um, just in the last year, I would say we produced a video series called Into the Breach. Okay, it's a, it's a 12-part video series, and it's based on, on, on Bishop Olmstead's uh, apostolic exhortation called Into the Breach, which is which was uh, written uh, for Catholic men and to explore the virtues of Catholic masculinity. So we have taken uh, Bishop Olmstead's uh, document and we've put it into a video series, which uh, is, uh, I would say, very well done. And it really is, it's an attempt to teach men The virtues of masculinity along on different themes fatherhood, brotherhood, masculinity, spiritual warfare, prayer, the sacraments, a lot of different themes that are important for Catholic men. Um, And if any of your listeners are interested, you could access those on our website. You just go to kfc.org.
0: Uh, under the faith category, you'll see those, you'll see those videos. That's good to know, uh, Patrick. And uh, we'll bring, I know you're a busy man ahead of this uh, beatification, so we'll we'll bring this thing into to land. But, uh, you know, final few questions. W- w- what's your own story? We know from this conversation you were born in McLaren Hospital in Flint, and we know that you're now the Deputy Supreme Knight in uh, Connecticut. Um, so what what happened in between that your life became so intertwined with Father McGivney and the Knights of Columbus?
1: Um, yeah, good question. So I joined the Knights of Columbus when I was in college, right? So I, 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 went, to, I went to Marquette University in Milwaukee. I, uh, I joined the Knights. I joined the college council there. Um, and I joined because I just, I, I liked the other uh, college men that were in the Knights, and we were friends. And so it was friendship that really brought me into the Knights of Columbus. Um, and I would say I'm, I'm a third-generation knight, right? So, so my father was a knight in, in Michigan at Holy Family Parish. And my grandfather was a knight uh, in, in Detroit, right? He, my grandfather joined the Knights in 1914 at Old St. Mary's Parish in, 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 in Detroit. Um, so so uh, part of my story too is intertwined with uh, serving in the Navy. I was, a, I was a Naval officer and I left the Navy in the late 90s and I went to the John Paul II Institute for studies on marriage and family. And uh, perhaps some of your listeners know it, it's a, that really is the major, I would say, educational initiative uh, by the Knights of Columbus. So the Knights of Columbus are very, very involved in the John Paul II Institute. So I went there and I, I got the degree in theology and marriage and family. And that sort of started me uh, on, my, on my path toward becoming very, very involved in the Knights of Columbus. Um, and I think, I think Father McGivney's life, there's so many things about McGivney that you could say, but I, I think the thing that stands out for me anyway, is, is the virtue of fortitude, right? I mean, Father McGivney had this virtue of fortitude, he was, he did not have an easy life, uh, and, and founding the Knights of Columbus was not an easy thing for him. I mean, he had, he had opposition from clergy because clergy, some clergy were opposed to it because it was a lay-run lay organization, which was, which was really revolutionary to have an organization so closely tied to the church that was that was uh, run by the laity uh, and was led by the laity. Uh, so, but he but he 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 persevered through those through those struggles, and so he really he had fortitude. He also had courage, right? He was just a man. He he could have said, "Well, I don't, I don't want to take on all these struggles. I don't want to I don't want to do this. I'm I'm too young. I I need to get more experience." He didn't do any of that. He, he had courage, and he took on these. He saw a need, and he fulfilled that need. And he met that need. And that's something I think that, that in my life I try to emulate, but I think also it's something that all, all, uh, all Catholics can bring in, to have that To have that fortitude and that courage to, to manifest those virtues.
0: Final question, Patrick. If somebody is listening, watching, and wants to join the Knights of Columbus, what should they do?
1: They should go to to our website, kfcorg slash join us. Okay? You can join the Knights of Columbus. We're we're running a special now, too, because of Father McGivney's beatification. You can join the Knights of Columbus for free. And so if you go to kofc.org slash join us, you can join the Knights
0: of Columbus. Wonderful. And um, final request. Um, I was going to say, actually, when, when I first met you, which was in 20, uh, th- 2013, I think you got me signed up to the Knights within um, within weeks. So <laughs> that's the other way to join the Knights, is bump into Patrick Kelly, and he'll get you signed <laughs> up within <laughs> before the day is done. Um, tell me this. last. Uh, Question, last query, last request, Patrick. Uh, On the verge of this beatification of this great man, Father Michael McGivney, would you lead us in prayer to conclude this podcast?
1: Yes, I I, I would be happy to do that, David. And and I'll I'll lead us in the prayer for Father McGivney's eventual canonization. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God our Father, protector of the poor, defender of the widow and orphan. You called your priest, Father Michael J. McGivney, to be an apostle of Christian family life, and to lead the young to the generous service of their neighbor. Through the example of his life and virtue, may we follow your son, Jesus Christ, more closely, fulfilling his commandment of charity, and building up his body, which is the church. Let the inspiration of your servant prompt us to greater confidence in your love so that we may continue his work of caring for the needy and the outcast. We humbly ask that you glorify your venerable servant, Father Michael J. McGivney, on earth, according to the design of your holy will. Through his intercession, grant the favor we now present. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Um. Father, and the
0: Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, Patrick Kelly, uh, son of the Diocese of Lansing and Deputy Supreme Knight of the Knights of Columbus, have a wonderful day, happy and holy day on Saturday. Thank you very much for joining us on this podcast. Thank you very much.